Welcome, friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you are today, listening to Glocal News and Social Artistry. I'm your host, Dick Dalton, and we always get to talk to wonderful folks that are building a more humane world from the inside out. And I'm excited today to have two guests in the studio, Susan and Scott Randolph. Good morning, folks. Good morning, Dick. Good morning, Dick. Thanks for having us. Well, it's my pleasure. I'm just going through my Facebook page here and uh, where my ad is for this show. And here's people saying, oh, this is so cool. (laughs) This is incredible. You guys rock. (laughs) Awesome. You guys are so tough. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for doing this and getting the message out in Cole County. Uh, let's see. We Oh, we miss you back east. So glad you are making a difference there Keep uh, and everywhere. Keep up the great work. And finally, Susan and Scott inspire me. I'm so grateful they have become part of our community. I don't get that many... Uh, comments on my guests as, as you guys did. Well, that's great. Well, we'll see what happens after the end of the hour. <laughs> well, this is great. So evidently we have a little bit to talk about about something out east as well as here because you haven't been in mid-Missouri that long, have you? No, we've been here about, um, about two years. Um, we just moved from Virginia mm-hmm. uh, where we lived for a number of years. We lived outside of Washington, D.C. where uh, I worked in D.C. Um, and uh, retired. Uh, then we built uh, our dream home in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, mm. uh, which we uh, sort of anticipated we would probably um, be there for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. Very beautiful uh, location, about two miles away from the Blue Ridge Parkway. Uh, in fact, that's one of our friends that were commenting oh, on it. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, we moved down to uh, and lived in a very rural area had a large organic garden, uh, built a uh, passive solar house uh, in, a, in a beautiful valley and tried to prove to ourselves that we could be somewhat self-sufficient, mm-hmm. not completely off the grid, but mm-hmm. uh, learn to um, grow our own food and outsource our own meat and that type of thing. It was a great experience, mm-hmm. um, but then um, life moves on. Susan, okay. uh, how did the uh, decision-making happen back then? In in this house building, did, did I want a, this kind of a roof? No, I want this. Or how how do you all work together as a team? And, uh... Well, I can sum it up in one example. Um, the builder asked Scott about the bathroom, and Scott said, "Well, I just want." one drawer <laughs> no um <laughs> but i bet you had more than one yeah we had three and he had his own medicine cabinet <laughs> no um i put out on a builder's uh, search board what we wanted to build and our dream home wasn't some big fancy home what we wanted was a small home that was very energy efficient and I never expected to get any responses from builders because they want to build giant homes because they make more money when they build giant homes. Mm-hmm. But I received a response from a man who was real excited about building an energy efficient home in our area. And I said, now I want to do something a little bit quirky as I like uh, craftsman homes with the Asian feel. And he knew exactly what I was talking about. Um, He was all about the green and green architects from California. So when we started the building process, I told him to just go out on the land and let the land speak to him about what I wanted our home to fit into the environment Wonderful. and maximize the su- south-facing exposure we had. And so we, Scott and Rich and I, worked together and designed our home and used uh, locally sourced materials. And Rich dreamed in infrared heat escaping from 
holes in the side of the house. So he was even more of a fanatic about energy efficiency mm-hmm. than we were. And uh, we got that dream home, a small home that was energy efficient, that maximized the southern exposure that we were lucky enough to find. And somebody now is really enjoying a great Yeah, (laughs) and I feel like it was the perfect couple because uh, he's a chef and she has a pet large pet pig and a lot of animals so uh and they were just as interested in those uh, those, uh, values as we were so it's in good hands Mm -hmm. and then you said life uh, started to happen again yes uh well my daughter um went to school at william woods uh she studied uh, equestrian science Uh and um, excuse me studied what uh, equestrian science equestrian yeah right at William Woods um, so she moved from Virginia and went to school and essentially never came home and uh, she met her husband here uh, in Jeff City and they now have three sons so we have three grandsons and so um, we felt that uh, we're not getting any younger and they're getting older so if we want to be a part of their lives then we should probably move closer to them and um, we're a little bit tired of going back and forth and uh, um, so we just made the decision to to move here to Jeff City uh, to this area to be closer to them be closer to family because that's also a very important thing to us uh, so that's that's what we did so that's right. why we're here so. and I've been to your house uh, in Jeff City it's uh, you, you had to settle for a little bit uh, larger home, <laughs> different uh, setting than you had mm-hmm. before. Although that may change, who knows? You, mm-hmm. uh, I imagine Jeff City's a little less expensive than it was out in D.C. Of course, mm-hmm. but you were out in the country, so maybe mm-hmm. it wasn't. Uh, yeah, so it's a, it's it's probably comparable to the to the rural area in Virginia where we okay. are, but a lot less expensive than Washington D.C. <laughs> Well, uh, why do uh, why do people have these comments about what you do? I, I see you're wearing these red T-shirts today. Uh, <laughs> moms demand action for gun sense in America. Wow. Well, mom, uh, <laughs> what's this well, all about? I think Scott and I have always been concerned about violence in our society. Um, We were active in the peace movement in the um, early 80s when Reagan was president. And uh, we tried to raise our kids, encouraging them to find other means besides hitting to solve their problems, to use their words. So when the violence started becoming more and more common in our schools, I was just, you know, devastated that um, Sandy Hook happened, Mm -hmm. you know, and we lost so many children that children could Mm -hmm. be killed. And so Shannon Watts, the founder of Moms Demand Action, was also devastated after Sandy Hook happened. And she sought out an organization online that would be something like Moms Against Drunk Driving. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't, f- but for guns. And she That's couldn't. mad, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and she's she, an MU graduate, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and she it's couldn't really find anything on um that addressed gun violence and uh so she decided to start something right then and there and within just hours she had a huge network of moms who said yes i'll help you so moms demand action has grown since uh over the past five years we now have over six million members And we are not members. In fact, we don't pay dues. We're volunteers. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's not just women. That's exactly right. We're a very uh, diverse organization Mm -hmm. where moms, dads, grandparents, aunts, uncles, gun owners, non-gun owners, Mm -hmm. educators, physicians who are all committed to fighting gun violence in all its forms because we believe it doesn't have to be this way. Mm -hmm. So gun violence in all its forms. uh, There's a lot of forms of gun violence, Scott. Uh, Does this mean uh, 
wherever in the world there are guns, you would rather there not be guns? Or it's just well, the, the thinking that goes on that then uses a gun for a certain purpose? Right. And, I, and I'll just say, first off, you know, our organization is, is supportive of an individual's right to own a gun. Uh, a, uh, so Second you know, Amendment a law, rights a Second fine. Amendment rights, we're, we don't have a concern or we're not trying to overturn or change the Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. uh, we believe that's, that's part of our Constitution, that's part of our laws. Mm -hmm. People have a right to own, individuals have a right to own a, a gun. Mm -hmm. But with that right comes responsibility as well. Uh, and what we've seen um, is when you when you say what type of gun violence what type of guns you know that can range anywhere from of course mass shootings school shootings that we of course see a lot about on, on the on the news but but the vast majority of gun violence actually happens in 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 communities with handguns mm -hmm. um, but it's also about suicides, and it's also about unintentional use of, of guns, such as accidents, uh, children's getting hold of, of guns in their homes, for example. So it's a wide range of, of um, issues that we're dealing with uh, when we take a look at um, the number of people that are actually killed by guns every, every day in, in the United States. Here in America, it's about 100 people every single day, every day. That, are, that are killed by guns. And that includes children and teens. And unfortunately, um, uh, guns are the cause of death, the second cause of death for children and teens now uh, behind auto accidents. A lot of people don't know that, but that mm -hmm. was recent statistics from mm -hmm. the Center for Disease Control. And as Susan says, it doesn't have to be this way. There are solutions. There are steps that we can take that are common sense steps um, that still preserve people's rights to uh, individual right to own guns. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's kind of what we're all about. And we've got, uh, like Susan says, a, a diverse group, I think. I mean, it was founded by mothers, founded by moms that were concerned about the safety of their children in school. Uh, but we have gun owners that, uh, I'm a gun owner myself. Mm -hmm. I own a gun. We have, you know, fathers and brothers and sisters and nieces and whatever uh, that are concerned about, you know, this, this issue. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, so common sense steps, uh, is this then mostly an educational action or I was at some meeting at the legislature that you all had. So you, this is legislative, it's, it's educational, you'd like to be in the schools if possible? Yeah, as you were talking about all the different kinds of gun violence, most homicides take place in the home, most mass shootings take place in the home as a result of domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And that has been a big emphasis of ours this um, past legislative session, which you probably saw us at the mm -hmm. uh, Capitol. We had a domestic violence bill that we were working on. And the common sense solutions are to keep uh, guns out of the hands of domestic abusers. Mm -hmm. And Scott is our state legislative lead for Moms Demand Action in Missouri. Okay. And I am the local group co-lead in Jefferson City. We, we didn't kind of <laughs> say that at the beginning. But Scott, would you like to talk about a little bit about the domestic violence uh, bill? Sure. And I'll, I'll mention also there's a strong, very large group of Moms Demand Action here in Columbia mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And we work really close with the, the folks here in Columbia during the legislative session at the state capitol in Jefferson City. And uh, as Susan says, there, there are a lot of common sense solutions that we can, uh, we can look at. And, and from, from Moms Demand Action standpoint, we always look at coming up with solutions that are evidence-based, taking a look at what is the problem that we are trying to deal with here uh, in, in as far as dealing with gun violence. And I'll say before I talk a little bit about domestic violence and the situation we find ourselves in Missouri, is that currently we are number five in the nation in the number of gun homicides. Oh. And that has risen over the past several years and it's rising dramatically. Hmm. A lot of people may not be that aware of it. There was a ar good article in the Jefferson City, uh, the News Tribune on Sunday uh, that depicts this. This is um, data from the Centers of Disease Control hmm. and others. I believe we're also number seventh in the country 
and the number of women that are killed by men in domestic violence situations. We are number 11th in the, in the nation uh, with respect to guns and suicides. Uh, so it's not a it's not a good picture in in Missouri. We believe that a, a lot of that may have been a result of the history of the legislative uh, actions in this that's been taken in the state, going all the way back to say 2007, when in 2007 the state uh, did away with gun registration requirements, and it also at the same time did away with the requirement that all gun sales be subject to a background check. Many people think that if you buy a gun today, you have to go through a background check, but that's only if you go to a, a licensed dealer, such as a gun dealer or, say, Walmart or Dick's Sporting Goods, for example. So the federal law on background checks is limited to certain sellers. That's right. And the state then can opt out of other sellers having to have background checks in Missouri opted Well, out. well that's that that's correct. I mean, uh today in Missouri you can go to a gun show or you can buy a gun online or or Craigslist or from anybody at a in a parking lot at the gun show or whatever mm -hmm. and not have to go through a background check. And we think that that's um you know, that's another common sense solution that people uh that should be able to do. So there was a history of, you know, getting rescinding the background check laws. There were several other laws, the Castle Doctrine that uh, was put in place that allows people to use lethal force if they feel that they're threatened, if their home is threatened, uh, stand your ground laws. And in 2016, there was uh, the, the legislature did away with the requirement to require permits for concealed carry. Mm. So here in Missouri... Don't even have to have a permit. Don't have to have a permit, nor, nor do you have to be trained or have any knowledge about guns in order to legally uh, carry a gun. Do you have uh, to have a license to have a gun? You don't all? have to have a license to carry a gun in Missouri. So I could just have a gun. That's that's correct. Carry it. That's right. That's right. Um, now, if if you're a felon, uh, there are certain classifies of pe classifications of people that are precluded from having uh, guns. Like if you're a fel if you have a felony charge. Um, but still, that that it, it, unfortunately, it's still very easy in Missouri uh, for someone very that's been convicted easy. of a felony to go to oh. a gun short store, <laughs> a gun shot, not gun store, but um, uh, a gun show, for example, and buy a gun. So this is kind of where we find ourselves today, that there has been uh, a really push to focus on individual Second Amendment rights to own guns without thinking of the consequences of that. And we think it's time to start thinking about the consequences. Mm -hmm. And I'll just add, in 2016, when there was the, uh, the requirement to obtain a permit for concealed carry um, was done away with, that did away with sort of the last mechanism that law enforcement had to keep guns out of the hands of domestic violence offenders. Uh, because when you had to go and we'd apply for a permit to conceal carry, you had to go through a background check. And law enforcement was able to find out at that point, did you have a conviction for, say, domestic violence? And if, if you did, then you would not be permitted to buy a gun, would not be able to, to, to obtain one. So that's a big loophole that we think in or a big gap in Missouri law today that if you're convicted of a domestic violence offense, particularly a misdemeanor state domestic violence offense, there's no mechanism for uh, law enforcement, uh, or it's very confusing to law enforcement, let me add that way, and for judges as to whether or not those individuals can, can lawfully continue to, to own a gun and therefore pose a threat to a victim of domestic violence. So that's a bill that we were working on this year in the legislature, and it has bipartisan support. A lot of um, both Democrats and Republicans feel that that's a common sense, you know, you, that what you're doing there is is taking actions to uh, keep guns away from the hands of pe out of the hands of people who shouldn't have them uh, that are dangerous to society. So it didn't pass this year. Uh, we did have a hearing. Uh, which was a positive step, but we'll continue to keep working on that and to protect, you know, victims of, of domestic violence. Mm -hmm. So my mind goes not so much to 
the behavior itself, but as to the culture that promotes or allows or encourages or, or the culture we grow up with that mm -hmm. seems to have violence in its acceptance. I mean, we didn't, I grow up watching The Lone Ranger and all these, mm -hmm. you know, everybody had guns in the movies, in the war movies we saw and so on. How do you, how do you think about, you talk about raising your kids, Susan, how does that, how do you prevent violence at home? Uh, is it, are you, can't just say Christian values because there's all kinds of Christians yeah. that have violence in their lives as well. How did you do it? Well, we were the oddballs in the neighborhood. We didn't allow our kids to play with toy guns. And we really emphasized, use your words. And we would encourage our kids when they were having a fight, we would try to stay out of it and let them go in a room and come up with a solution. And they had to work together and agree and then come out and tell us the solution that they had come up with. But we really need to work on breaking the, silent, uh, the cycle of violence when children are exposed to domestic violence in the home. They're more likely to suffer from depression, to use alcohol and drugs, to perform poorly in school, drop out, and they're uh, much more likely to engage in violent behavior themselves after witnessing violent activity. So that is a, a challenge our whole society is faced with, and I think we need to engage the medical community, the mental health community, to um, help break that cycle of violence. Um, I know in Missouri, we're largely a rural uh, community, mm -hmm. and um, guns play a very large and important part in the rural lifestyle. Uh, people proudly um, feed their families, you know, by hunting. And we have to be careful not to offend their dignity, that they're, they're you know, providing for their families. So we are seeking to work with the rural community, gun owners, to come up with better solutions. When, you know, you mentioned we were organic gardeners, and we had a very large garden and spent a lot of time in the garden weeding, and it just gave you lots of opportunities to, to reflect. Mm -hmm on life. Mm -hmm. And um, one of my favorite activities would be harvesting vegetables. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed is when I just went down the row and looked at that row from one side, I didn't have a very good harvest. But if I went over um, and looked on the other side, I improved my harvest. Mm -hmm. When I stood at the end of the row and looked down the row, I would find even more vegetables. When I dove in and manipulated the plants, I'd discover even more vegetables. And I just always got a big kick out of realizing it's from all these different perspectives that I'm able to glean a larger harvest. And so um, I that is something that attracted me to Moms Demand Action. Mm -hmm. Number one, as Scott mentioned, we're, we advocate for um, evidence-based solutions, research that has looked at gun violence from all different perspectives. Mm -hmm. That stands in contrast to what our lawmakers are doing at the uh, Missouri Capitol, where they're just considering gun violence from one perspective, and that is solely based on defending Second Amendment rights, which, again, we totally support Second Amendment rights. But we need to hear from the people who have suffered the horrific consequences of the policies um, that our lawmakers have put in place by uh, removing the registration of guns, the um, permitless carry. Uh, and so we seek... 
just like in the garden, uh, your your ecosystem is much healthier if you move away from the monoculture model and move toward a more diverse ecosystem in your garden. We seek to hear from uh, and invite people who are survivors of domestic violence, people who are uh, survivors of gun violence, who've had their loved ones murdered, and people who have loved ones that who have died due to gun violence uh, that they've uh, killed themselves with guns. So we need to hear from all those voices in order to come up with the best solutions, quality solutions that truly help versus just defend a philosophical point of view. So uh, we invite people from all walks of life who have dealt with gun violence to join us and you can join mom's demand action and get connected to your local group by texting join j-o-i-n to six four four three three really yeah you just, you just say join is there a space or is it joined? No, it's just simply six, the four, four, three, where you would put a phone number in your text message. You put six four four three three, and then where you put the text, um, you just simply type join. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. And then that goes um, interacts with our database and connects you right to your local group, no matter what state you live in, what area you live in. Currently in Missouri, we have 16 active uh, Moms Demand Action groups. Uh, Moms Demand Action started in St. Louis, and then Kansas City got a group. So Moms Demand Action started off as being seen as a very urban And that those urban people were coming to Jeff City trying to tell us what to do. Well, since the Parkland shooting, we now have local groups in the Boot Hill of Missouri and North Central Missouri, Joplin, Springfield, all over the state, including the capital of Jefferson City. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Susan and Scott Randolph, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, There are other similar things to draw in and talk about uh, on this uh, mom's demand action and dad's demand action, (laughs) (laughs) however it might work. So we'll talk to you again in just a moment on Glocal News in Social Artistry. back to Glocal News in Social Artistry, where we get to talk to folks that are building a more humane world from the inside out. My guests today are Susan and Scott Randolph, now from Jeff City, mm-hmm. uh, used to be from the Blue Ridge Mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a, a little personal thought to share about an event I had as a kid where I was given a BB gun and uh, I was out uh, target practicing in my backyard and just what can I hit, what can I hit and and, uh, and a bird flew up on a branch and I, I didn't have anything against birds, I was just target practicing and I, I shot it and, and it hit the bird and the bird fell to the ground and I panicked and I went over and it was flopping around and I I, I was I was panicked and I, I picked up a big rock I did I hated to see the bird flopping around and I just I ended its life and I felt bad and I, I made a little tombstone and, and, and you know I was it, it was a traumatic event mm-hmm. and somehow I made a 
decision, and this is like, what, first grade, second grade, I can't remember, uh, that I wasn't going to use a gun anymore. Mm -hmm. And actually that, uh, I'm 74 now, and I've uh, been the case. Uh, even my one day in Marine training uh, where we had uh, to have a gun, uh, <laughs> or they called it weapon, um, I, I did do what I was required to do that day, but that was uh, that was the last I saw. Of <laughs> uh, what made it in your lives? Uh, how did you all grow up? And, and is this a new thing for you in your lives, as far as your your beliefs about violence and I mean, you guns personally? Well, how, how does it? About. Well, I grew up um, with the body count on the TV in the background while we ate during the Vietnam War, and it it haunted me, you know, people dying on a daily basis, and then in the end, we wondered what that war was about. It wasn't very satisfactory, and, you know the things that our leaders are willing to ask you know our people to do my dad was in world war ii from age 18 to 22 and if you've seen the movie Patton, you saw what my dad did he was in the group just behind Patton and remembers all the events recounted in that movie and you know he was in the invasion of Normandy the Battle of the Bulge the Black Forest and uh, he was in the army uh, and strung up wire on telephone poles and was mm. shot at quite a bit and he was very naive when he went into the army thought he would you know of course this is going to be a big adventure and lots of fun and then the first bullet goes by his head uh, he found out this is not fun and games but when my dad came back from world war ii he uh, would not allow a gun in his home mm -hmm. he never wanted to see another gun again Whoa. so and he was in insurance and he would quote statistics about um, a gun's much more likely to be used against you but my dad was also a sharpshooter in world war ii so in spite of being a sharpshooter, he felt that the presence of a gun in a home was a dangerous thing. So I had that concept planted in my head. But like I said earlier about our rural experience, there's other varmints on a farm mm -hmm. besides birds. I would never shoot a bird. Mm -hmm. But you have an appreciation for a gun when you have a copperhead in your that's taken up residence in your barn scott and i were beekeepers mm -hmm. and we'd have bears come you know headed toward our hives oh, wow. and we would never shoot a bear but we would use a gun to scare off a bear <laughs> and then because we happened to be omnivores we did enjoy some deer meat <laughs> so i believe a gun is a tool for very limited circumstances mm -hmm. but we live in civil society we have institutions that we have agreed to give responsibility if i have a problem with a neighbor's dog i don't shoot that dog i call uh, animal control you know to take care of the dog if there's someone threat threatening me i don't take those matters in my own hands i call law enforcement mm -hmm. to take care of those ma matters mm -hmm. and then we decide who's right in those circumstances through our judicial system mm -hmm. uh, you know i just am very much an institutionalist and very against uh taking matters into my own hands and living in a back in the state of nature mm -hmm. so that's just a kind of personal lines for me right. Right. and there's no tv or possession i own that's worth 
anyone's life. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to kill someone over a possession. I understand that after the show, you're headed over to the, uh, I think it's a state conference on suicide prevention. Uh, they had one in Kansas City yesterday mm-hmm. and Columbia mm-hmm. today and St. That's Louis right. tomorrow. And Moms Demand Action have a booth mm-hmm. there uh, passing out literature. Can Scott, can you connect uh, the dots on suicide itself? Sure. As, uh, and and you know one of the uh, one of the key uh, programs that we have is is what we call Be Smart program, which is a gun gun safety program, which is very important. Um, we're not only just dealing with legislative issues, but we're out there really talking to people in the community about what affects them on a day-to-day basis and, and what is in their life. And we have a program called Be Smart that encourages people to secure their guns safely, to model um, the appropriate behavior. Um, and I'm going through the SMART here. Oh, oh okay. okay. Uh, model, model. Start, start again. What was the Okay, so, uh, <laughs> secure your guns. Secure. Yeah. Yes. Um, secure your guns. Right. Guns safely. Do a, you know, properly lock up your guns and, and lock up your ammunition separately from, from your guns to keep them away. Particularly, you particularly can keep them away from children, uh, from, from accidents. Um, the uh, M is for modeling appropriate behavior. If you're going to own a gun, learn how to use it learn safety measures mm-hmm. um uh, when i susan was talking about her when she grew up i my dad had several uh he wasn't a big hunter but he had several rifles and mm-hmm. uh, i was a boy scout and we went through mm-hmm. at the time which was an nra safety course uh on gun safety mm-hmm. um so uh, learn how to use um guns appropriately and safely uh a is for ask and there, uh, for example, we encourage parents, if their children are going over to a neighbor's house for a play date and, and you don't know them and maybe you've, uh, haven't, uh, you've just met them for the first time, uh, ask if they have guns in their home. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like uh, you want to, to let someone know that your child has a peanut allergy or a problem with uh, being allergic to cats or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Ask if it, it's an appropriate question. Ask if they have guns in their home, and ask them if if they're properly secured. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't. We don't have a problem if you have guns in your home. We just want it to be safe. Um, and R is for recognizing signs of teen suicide, and there I think is very important that we all uh, understand, um, particularly in uh, parents who have teens, uh, who have young kids. Um, recognizing the signs of potential um, suicide, uh, of moodiness. And we have a program where it, it, it gives you information about uh, how to recognize problems um, before they come to, to a head, um, before they run in, you know, before um, uh, someone may, may think about taking their own life uh, through suicide. Mm-hmm. And we know through um, statistics that. Um, that when a gun is present in uh, in the home, and when a gun is used uh, to to try to take one's own life, mm-hmm. that ninety percent of the time it's effective. In mm-hmm. other words, it's uh, where other means of um, uh, suicide uh, of, of uh, you know can be less effective, mm-hmm. um, uh, and and particularly people can survive in more cases with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that in most cases, when when a gun is present. Um, you know that's that's going to be lethal. Um, so that's sort of our that's part of our um, Be Smart program, and, and the T is for telling others about this, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what we're doing today, mm-hmm. at uh, conventions, at fairs, at um, uh, anywhere we're at, at PTA meetings, um, at the, the Lions local Lions Club, at uh, any um, any. Uh, opportunity we have in the local community to come out there with a table to show to give people information about our be smart program mm-hmm. about keeping uh, guns safe mm-hmm. and um, keep keeping them um, uh, you know particularly with children and teens right. in your home so that's what we're doing today with the uh, um, with the convention um, regarding suicide i don't know if you have any other information about that susan i went to a, a suicide prevention workshop here at, at mizzou years ago 
and uh, I didn't remember a whole lot from it, but I remembered actually maybe the most important question that I unfortunately got to use uh, mm -hmm. not too long after that. And the teacher was saying, what is the first question you want to ask if you know that someone is contemplating uh, suicide? Do you know the first question you want to ask? Most people say, well, why are you doing it? No, 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 no. The first question you want to ask is, how are you going to do it? Mm -hmm. And that, of course, got us all thinking. And, and the whole reason is, if they they use some, uh, oh, well, I don't know, I haven't, well, that's good because there's, it's not imminent. Or, well, uh, pills, uh, well, uh, well, that's not as bad as, well, I've got a gun right here in my hand. And, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, so it, it, it shows again that the gun presence is the most dangerous tool if the thoughts in one's mind right. are convincing them that ending their life is better than living their life. Mm -hmm. uh, because it just as you said, uh, it's going yeah. to work 90% right, of the time. Right, right. And, and, and it's a simple solution of keeping your gun secure and locking them up. Mm -hmm. I was recently at a festival um, on mental health and we had a booth there talking about our Be Smart program and a woman came up and she was very interested in she had young children. And she said, um, you know, my husband uh, grew up in a rural area and he has a, a shotgun up in the closet and he has a, a, a rifle in, um, in, you know, down in his basement and we have um, a, a pistol in the bed you know, side. And he, he told me, well, gee, you know, I grew up with guns around my house and we never had them locked up and nothing ever happened to us, so we're okay. Right. But you can't just simply go on that um, these days. Um, particularly children's and teens are under a lot of pressure and about our current, you know, the way our current society is. Mm -hmm. And um, as we talked to her, to her, she said, you know, I've talked to him so many times about locking those guns up. And, and we happen to have at our table uh, some gun locks, uh, co uh, mm -hmm. courtesy of the uh, Cole County Sheriff's Department. Cool. And we really appreciate that, that they donated to us, mm -hmm. that we give out a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And she took a couple of those gun locks, and she said, you know, I'm going to go home right now and put those gun locks on those guns, because uh, you never know when, uh, and, and children are inquisitive. Yeah. You think you put a gun up on top of a refrigerator, and a five-year-old's not going to find it? They're going to find it. Mm -hmm. they, they've, got, they, they've got ways to do that. Right. So right. it's so simple how we can prevent those type of tragedies in our homes mm -hmm. uh, just by taking these simple measures. And mm -hmm. that's a lot of what we're about is, is just talking to people out in the community and saying, you know, we can work on this together and we can, mm -hmm. can prevent a lot of these tragedies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and to reinforce what Scott's saying about the kids, the kids know where the Christmas presents are and they <laughs> don't fool yourself. They know where the guns are. Mm -hmm. So they need to be locked up. Uh, and if you have a loved one who uh, you talk to and realize that is considering suicide, you need to remove the gun from the home mm -hmm. um, because your loved one may have a key to the lock. And so we suggest putting it, uh, removing the gun and putting it at someone else's home um, where it would be locked and secured. Um, or there's even the option of taking it to a pawn shop. And they will take your gun and then uh, give you a small loan, even though you may not need it. It's it's how they do business. Mm -hmm. But they're willing to store if you are in that situation and desperate for a place mm -hmm. to take mm -hmm. and put a gun. And um, so that is an option um, that the pawn shops will take your gun temporarily. Um, and... Um, there's uh, another gentleman in our community who I've uh, formed a relationship with who's working for Safer Homes who um, will be doing a workshop on how to talk to loved ones mm -hmm. about suicide. Mm -hmm. 
uh, how to have that conversation and then take the next step to get your loved one help. So uh, Moms Demand Action is real excited to uh, participate in that workshop and further our education on um, how we can prevent suicide. Mm -hmm. But um, So I have a story on that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Donnie was uh, considered the class clown during middle school and uh, when he got to ninth grade I think it was ninth grade he uh, he said I'm gonna bring gun school well he's a class clown so they laughed ha well, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring gun school and they laughed well, Donnie brought a gun to school in his backpack, sat in the back row where he sat in Mrs. Crutchmar's earth science class in Jeff City. Toward the end of class, pulled the gun out, pointed it toward himself, and pulled the trigger. Hmm. Oh my goodness. Pandemonium broke out. They, they didn't really know what a gun sounded like. Right. It, and it was, you know, nobody really caught on to what had happened. But the key was the report from the EMTs later that took Donnie to Mizzou mm -hmm. Med Center. They said on the trip, Donnie said, don't let me die. Don't let me die. Oh my gosh. Don't let me die. Mm -hmm. And he died. Mm -hmm. And I, I know we talk about suicide prevention as if there are signs. Mm -hmm. There weren't signs with Donnie in that particular case, but there was a gun. Mm -hmm. Right. That's right. So it, it, it's not always going to be so preventable with knowing signs, but that gun safety is, uh, is really, really important. And... Uh, well, what a a sober note, uh, but it's been a sober show, and I, and it should be because this is a, a sobering topic that we all we encounter much more than we realize. I mean, mm -hmm. we complain about the news having guns being reported. Well, if we're complaining about the news, it is news. It is happening. <laughs> Why is it happening? Do you want it to keep happening? Do you want to keep having the news this way? Right. right. What if we could change the news so that mm -hmm. it was not happening? Uh, how would we do that? Right. <laughs> what are some practical steps? Mm -hmm. Well, it's sobering times all around. There's um, all kinds of issues that need our attention. And this is an issue that Scott and I got involved and because it intersects with so many other issues so we encourage people to find your passion what what issue are you most concerned about and get involved in your community we need you a handful of people can't solve these problems we need everybody working together in their community and if gun violence and all the other issues that surround gun violence interest you, we invite you to join us mm -hmm. in Jeff City or Columbia or text uh, join to 64433. 64433. <laughs> and uh, you can be found on Facebook or other That's social right. media, uh, um, whether it's Susan Pruitt Randolph or Scott Randolph or Moms Demand Action. And yeah. we have the... Um, Missouri Moms Demand Action Facebook page that you can go to facebook.com and type in Moms Demand Action Mo, M-O, okay. and get connected. Well, we certainly appreciate your lives, your work, and your, uh, your thoughts today and uh, wish you the best in your journey. We will sign out with our usual uh, remember... <laughs> Wherever you are, that is your world. Please leave your world cleaner, more peaceful, and more loving than you found it. Because if it is to be, 
it is up to us. Talk to you soon. Take care.